Join Scotty and Hans Friday from 10 to 2 at Valley View Golf Course in Layton for the Mountainland Valley View Pro-Am, supporting Primary Children's Hospital. Question of the morning. Donovan Mitchell, four assists on Rudy Gobert buckets against the Brooklyn Nets. So much for unsalvageable. Is this marriage looking like till basketball do them part? You agree? You in? You out? You're still not sure. You're confused. Or you're all aboard the hype train. Gecko tweets at us, the jury is still out, but I'm hopeful. Ever hopeful. Just not buying three scrimmages, PK. Not enough. Well, uh, yeah, I think that what we're going to see in the regular season and postseason is what we've seen here. I think Donovan Mitchell, has he's spoken. He's gone on record. I want to be a better passer. So he's looking to be a better passer. Well, one of the ways to be a better passer is to get the ball to go bare Obviously, it's most likely going to be at the rim. So it's stated this is his intention. So we've seen it manifest. We saw it manifest yesterday big time. I mean, four assists, all four to Rudy. I don't think it's by accident. I think it's by design. He's going to make a concerted effort, and therefore Rudy is scoring 20 points. I don't think that is by accident or just happenstance either. I think that has been the result of Donovan looking. Gobert can't get more game himself offensively. I know you like to say rebounding, but if he would be there, he'd slap you in the face and say, what do you think I'm doing? It's like, <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> we, we had a, a big, big fancy sports editor uh, came to the Tribune. Anastasi, you remember him, you know, I and he was going to set the world on fire. He was. And one of the senior editor dudes said, oh, man, when he gets here, you better have on your hard hat. I said, what the hell you think I've been doing for the last 10 years? <laughs> so, get out of my face. Have you not been watching what I've been doing, the contribution that I brought to this paper? Another idiot who overlooked me. I need to wear my hard hat. I got like 10 hard hats on. There's nobody who went to the front lines more than I did. And I think if you said that to Gobert, he would say the same thing. You, you want me to work harder than the hardest I'm already working? I don't think that's what he's asking for or what he's demanding, what he wants when he's saying he wants more opportunities offensively because he's already believing he's doing them. And for him, he's got to be able to have others help him achieve that objective because he's not going to be getting the ball at the high post and making a move or you know jacking one up. It would be nice if he put one up. If Tony Bradley can shoot a three in a game, why can't uh, Gobert? But nevertheless, he needs help offensively. And we've seen it, and I think we'll see it in the games. Well, Donovan Mitchell averaging about four assists a game when the league stopped in March. And four assists. Now, they're not playing full games in these scrimmages. These guys are playing a few minutes in the right. third quarter, and then they're right. done. Right. And you look, most of the guys are playing 20, 22 minutes, something like that. Right. So when they go to 30 minutes, is he suddenly going to be at six assists a game? Because right now, Mitchell's top 50 in the league in assists, and he's not even number one on the team, Joe Ingles. Uh, Joe is, yeah. Yeah, Joe Ingles is uh, number 31 in the league uh, at – Five assists a game, which is so one more assist a game, and he moves up a lot. But Donovan, you know, he wants to be an all-star, right? He got his first trip this year. He wants to be thought of as one of the best players in the game. And if you look at guys who are viewed as 
big-time offensive players, you know, their assist totals are up around six, seven, eight assists a game. LeBron's leading the league at 10. You know, for all his ability to go score and be that freight train running at the bucket that nobody wants to get in the way of, he's averaging 10 and a half assists a game. He's the best point guard in the league. I've been saying it for years. And some of the other big-time scorers, you know, Harden is obviously a big-time scorer, but at seven and a half assists a game, he's top 10 in the league. That's so, good. Right. So when you hear Donovan talking about, you know, wanting to get better and wanting to, you know, everybody in the league, I don't know, that's probably not true. Uh, all the young stars in the league, let's put it that way, would like to be thought of down the road the way LeBron is thought of, the way Harden is thought of, right? Harden's an MVP. Well, yeah. you you got to be up around seven, eight, nine assists a game. And for the guys who are getting it, like Giannis Antetokounmpo, clearly a guy on the rise. Well, he's just a shade under six assists a game, and he's top 25. The Jazz didn't see Jimmy Butler, and I think Jimmy Butler's got a big-time reputation as a scorer, but looking at this, I was surprised he was averaging six assists a game, too. I didn't know it was that high. Now, I'm not paying that close attention to the East and looking for it and looking for uh, You've you know, reached your quota games. now on statistics before so I check Donovan, out. So Donovan, Donovan's at four a game. That number's got to go up. Now, it's a little misleading. It's a little bit of a funky stat because you can, you can throw a great pass and a guy gets fouled and he shoots free throws and you don't get credit for it. But that's happening to everybody. So, yeah, it hurts your numbers, but it hurts everybody else's too. Yes, it does. I can't argue. You are so logical sometimes. Yep. <laughs> so, some people are not buying that uh, the unsalvageable has been salvaged and everything and, and, is fine. And Can't. I got a word for them. They're jerks. Cam, nah. Rudy is out. Out what? <laughs> out of out of here, I think is what he's oh, getting out, at. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Out of the out, off the team. Yep. I mean, it could happen. I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's not. I, mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's probable because you got to be careful on that. You know, obviously, you wouldn't want to lose him for any for nothing. That would just be a devastating blow to the franchise. But, you know, a potentially tradable player. But we've seen many times over all-stars that are traded for two or three guys normally doesn't work out that well for the team that gets two or three guys. So, you know, would your team be taking a step back? Probably. You would think right now, I mean, we have no idea who they would, A, if they trade him, B, who they're trading him to and what they're getting back. So we no clue. But we're just going on precedent that has been set and it doesn't seem like that is something that works out in the team's favor that's giving up the All-Star. Uh, I, I suppose it's a possibility. And if I were the Jazz right now, you know, I wouldn't come out and say it publicly, obviously. I would uh, do what Dennis Lindsay said uh, last year when I asked him about Derek Favors and how can you afford to have them both on. And he went into a spiel on how important Derek Favors was to the team. And I knew, and I think you knew too, full well, there was not a chance, and you know what, that Derek Favors was going to return to the team. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, he couldn't afford it. Yeah. So, and you just, you can't have a backup center making that much money. It just, he, as good as he was, no one's doubting his value and his contribution and all that stuff. Well, that's, that's why we all thought he was out. Right. Because we knew how valuable he would be to another team who could use him as a starting center. Yeah. And what you can pay a starting center for as good as him. You, you can't pay a backup yeah. center that. And Dennis tap dance around the answer, and I'm supposing if you asked him about, well, did you, what, what are your intentions for Rudy Gobert, he would say the same thing, as would every GM ever born. There's no doubt about it. That's what they would say. But I also think that they need to be 
at least willing, or I wouldn't say necessarily pursuing trade opportunities, but be open to discussions. If you, and you should be on anybody to make your team better. That's your job, is to put the best product out there that you could possibly put out there. At the same time, allowing the, fa- the franchise to be financially viable and setting them up for competitiveness down the road. It's a very, very difficult job that these guys have, particularly someone like Dennis Lindsay. I mean, he just can't wake up. Whoever the latest GM is, uh, some former player agent now, whoever he is, I forget his name here, Kobe's former agent, uh, Pol- uh, Polinka, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, LeBron wants to come, and then uh, Anthony Davis wants to come. So, uh, you know, the starting <laughs> point is somebody, the two, two stars already want to be there. I mean, that's not exactly grueling to, f- to feel a competitive team. It was actually grueling that you sucked for all these years. That, and I guess for half of them anyway, or at least most of them, you had to let Kobe play out because you were overpaying him. And, uh, you know, you had to let that. We've seen that scenario play out where the superstar gets done and the team rebuilds. We've seen that most recently here with the Dallas Mavericks, right? Let the guy play out. We saw it to the Jazz. They didn't bottom out to that level, but we saw it with the Jazz how they declined in the playoff standings and then the guys left and then they go about the rebuilding project. But Dennis Lindsay's job is awfully difficult because he's got to feel a competitive team now. He's got to be financially responsible. Then he's got to make sure that you're setting the team up to be financially or team-wise competitive next season and all that stuff. Man, that, that, that's a very dif- difficult job, which why, which is why this next uh, next year, this next coming season, the 20, what would that be, the 2021 season, that seems to be somewhat predictable. But after that, man, all bets are off. And to see what they're going to comprise as a roster for the, what would that be, the 21-22 season? Mm-hmm. Man, that has all sorts of intrigue to me. Well, that's for the whole league, right? There's so many teams with cap room. And there's so many stars available. I think everybody's assuming, who knows how it'll play out, but everybody's assuming that that will be just the crazy NBA free agency. It'll be a whole reset for the league. Now, they've got to be every, all the big names to get the big money aren't all going to pan out. And there's going to have to be some value deals in there, you know, and who's going to hit on them. You know, I, I don't think Bogdanovich isn't uh, an earth-shaking move by the Jazz. It's a really big move for the Jazz, but it's not, you know, well, it's, it's, like you say with the Lakers, you know, it doesn't compare to AD and the drama with him trying to get his way out of New Orleans and eventually getting out, and LeBron deciding to go to L.A. It seemed like we talked about that for a year before it happened, right? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. I mean, I had people, one guy in particular, telling me it was a done deal months before it was going to happen because yeah. it's, it's what he wanted and so be it you know probably not going to get that most likely not going to get that here but that doesn't reduce the challenge to make the team the best you can yeah that's why i said man if they can win one title it's worth five minimum five anything that the lakers have won it's what toronto just did it's not supposed to happen so the fact you did it is amazing the fact that you had a pretty good team, and the fact that Kawhi Leonard became available and you went all in on for him, even though you knew it was probably a one-year rental, you'd try to talk him into more, but, you know, that was a totally a him decision. And in that one year it worked out, you had a ball hop on the rim and go in and you won a series, and you had the, and you had the Warriors have two injuries in the finals. It really lined up. But they got it done, so 
Good they for did them. get it done. That, see, that's what holds hope. I don't hold hope for a dynasty, but I do hold hope for a singular title because it has happened. And it's happened more than once. Well, the 2019 Raptors, certainly. But then I think you probably have to go back to 2011 Mavericks. And before okay. that. That's not that far. Before that, I think you go 2004 back to Pistons. I think you go, well, see, I would go uh, Dallas. Oh, you already said Dallas. I did Excuse say me. Dallas. I meant uh, the Rockets. Boston? I would put the Rockets in. You can put Boston in there. You know, Boston is a legendary franchise. But in that circumstance... It was basically a, a singular fran- a title, right? But close to a second one. I mean, they were in a game seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And, and, and let's face it, Boston's a bigger city with more history than jazz. So I don't think. Right. It, you know, you, Boston's not on the level of the, uh, of the Lakers and the, you know, the glam, the Miami is more glamorous than Boston, right? What do you mean? Uh, you, you just mean the city? As far as just uh, having having mega players fall in your lap the way Miami and L.A. had LeBron fall. I mean, LeBron wanted to go to Miami, and he wanted to go to L.A. Yeah, but that, I mean... The, the, Shaq wanted to go to Miami. I mean, Miami's got three titles in a time span when Boston's got one. I realize, historically, I mean, Boston's go got a gazillion. I don't know that he wanted to go to Miami. That was a trade. Uh, I, I would put Boston on the level of Miami. Hmm. I, actually, I would put Boston ahead of Miami. Because outside of that, those two circumstances, that's it. Boston has been a generational franchise. Going back, way back, and continuing yeah. on. Yeah, if you go back, if you go way back, I just don't know that the current NBA players are going are dying to go wear the green. And and maybe mm. we won't see anybody else really want to go to Miami, so maybe it'll be two outliers. Circumstances, money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they ha- they've got two, two free agents in their starting lineup right now, and we'll see. I mean, I don't think anybody's dying to leave the green, too, for that matter. That's true. That's true. I was just trying to put them, on a, I think, on a level higher than the Jazz, but a level lower uh, yeah, than the Lakers. I, yeah, I, okay, I get your point. If, you, if yeah. that's the way you put it in context, I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. But that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of being a Jazz fan. It's like my beauty of being a Sun Devil fan, right? They're just another team. Let's face it. Let's call it like it is here. They're another team in a sea of teams, right? Uh-huh. Particularly at the college when you got five times as more as any professional league when you conclude all, include all the Division One teams. So if they ever get it done, it's all the more sweeter, right? Because, come on, they're, just, they're out there in the middle of the desert, literally. They're just a speck of dirt. they're just a little shack on the side of the salt river wash well that's pretty much it right i mean you don't people don't grow up being sun devil fans unless you have a specific reason there's nobody living in the bay area man i really love them sun devils (laughs) unless you have a connection to it right so that's what I'm saying with the Jazz, too. Same type of principle. If they get it done, it's going to be that much sweeter. Well, that's true. If they get it done, it will be that much sweeter, which I think you can say in Toronto, you can say in Detroit, you can say in Indianapolis, in Denver, in Portland, in Salt Lake. 
If you get it done, uh, it'll be that much sweeter. Yeah, but I think you can say it more in Salt Lake than you can in Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. You have, but from what I've heard, it's this huge cosmopolitan city, yep. blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they've had good franchises in their professional ranks over the years in multiple sports now. It's not just the Raptors. We know that. So uh, you can see it happening more so there. And credit to their management because they rolled the dice on Kawhi Leonard. And they, but but they, but even with Kawhi Leonard, they don't suck. Without Kawhi Leonard, I should say, they don't suck now. No, no they don't. They don't. They're <laughs> battling Boston to two, three in the East. Yeah. So it's not like it was exclusively because I don't think it's ever exclusively anybody, even the greatest. It's not exclusively that particular individual player. And and we're seeing it. And good on Toronto. Well, I would love to see Toronto get in the final. That would be an awesome story, wouldn't it? Raptors Clippers. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because sure. of that situation. Yeah, and to, to me, that but, would be awesome. But Raptors anybody would be a huge story. That you could lose a player of the caliber of Kawhi Leonard, who's won two titles with two different teams and is still in his prime, and you could go back to the NBA Finals, that, that'd that be huge. No, I, yeah. I can't think of anybody who's been in the Finals while taking that kind of hit to the roster and has returned. The 97-98 Utes. Okay, apples and oranges, but yes, that's probably the best. <laughs> Losing Van Horn, yeah. right, and going to the Final Four, going to the title game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's college, I get yeah. it, and it is apples and oranges, but it's the, it's the point I'm making. But yeah, so let's not just act like Toronto has got all these disadvantages I don't know that anybody really has disadvantages. If you've got the structure in order, you, I still believe you can get it done. You're going to need some luck and some good fortune and a combo of both, yes. But I still believe you can get it done. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Yogi Roth joins us next to talk college football. Going to run PK's theory by him. I just read another story. I'm not going to respect the Sun Devils until they can recruit their own backyard. All right, we got your theory on why the backyard isn't recruitable for the Sun Devils. We'll run that past Yogi next. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz beat the Nets 112-107 in their third and final scrimmage in Orlando. The Jazz will restart the season Thursday when they face the Pelicans at 430 on TNT. New Orleans star Zion Williamson should be out of quarantine this afternoon, providing he doesn't register a positive test as he gets ready to resume the season Thursday against the Jazz. Former BYU star Yoli Childs and Utah State star Sam Merrill have received invitations to the NBA Combine ahead of this year's NBA Draft. There's no date for when the Combine might actually take place. The invitations generally thought to be sent to players with a likelihood of being drafted. This back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank. On 1280 The Zone, 97.5 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. 
Dennis the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando. Your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, time to talk a little college football. Yogi Roth is going to join us here momentarily. And uh, we've got multiple questions to run by him. Number one, how has Clay Helton done it? They were taking a lot of heat, PK. USC isn't USC. What is wrong with USC? USC will not tolerate. USC alumni and USC boosters and USC fans will not tolerate the Trojans sitting at home watching the Utes playing the conference title game in consecutive years. That goes over so poorly in Los Angeles. That's their birthright. That's where they're supposed to be. But now they're supposed to just be cleaning up on our recruits after a terrible recruiting class. They're having an awesome one, and yet not as awesome as Oregon. So are those two teams running away from the league? Yeah, I wouldn't be so uh, willing to just assume that just great recruiting classes equal uh, all sorts of wins. It's not like the other guys are recruiting nobody. We will discuss that with Yogi, and also, and then Yogi is joining us now. Well, let's welcome him in. Yogi Roth joining us right now, Pac-12 analyst, works for the Pac-12 Network. Yogi, good morning. Good morning, fellas. I got questions for you guys. I can't wait to have this conversation. First one I've had in a while, so I'm kind of chopping at the bit here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've, got, I've got three questions for you, and that was before I knew that you had a newborn son. Yeah. Let's I go. Know. <laughs> All right, let's let's start with since Utah's you know if they want to get back to, if they want to win the Pac-12 championship, which all Ute fans do, they got to get to the Pac-12 title game, which means they have to get past USC. Which the last couple years uh, they've won one, they've lost one, but both times, regardless of the outcome of the SC game, they've gotten to the Pac-12 title game, where obviously they've been beaten both times. So SC's recruiting. Has Clay Helton flipped the switch? Has changing the assistants done it? Has something else done it? Or is the recruiting overhyped? No, the recruiting's real. You know, I, I was talking to someone the other day about this, that, uh, and, and this is meant in the most positive ways, but like the longer it goes where SC doesn't lose, the better it is for their program. Because it's so rich historically. I believe that in my history of being this game, 20 years this year, which is mind-blowing to me. But around recruiting, specifically the last few years, with elite athletes, social media, and the college football playoffs, is that all recruits are, they, they couldn't even tell you the four teams that were in the playoff last year. You know, like, it's so much about what is going on right now. And SC is the sexiest thing in college football right now. Like, that's just the truth. You know, when you think about the, the brand, uh, the history of it, that's speaks for itself, so it's already going to be in the conversation. And then the narrative is take back the West, right? Own L.A., because the truth is that they have it, right? Oregon has done incredible. UW has been incredible, right? Everybody's kind of taken somebody from the West Coast and Southern California specifically. They call it the Bakersfield Beltway from Bakersfield to San Diego that SC usually dominates, and they haven't. So now the narrative is, hey, let's go. Who wants to ride with us? And when you get the brand and the horsepower behind that marketing narrative, you add in the recent personnel additions they had, which I think they hired five people uh, since the end of last season, and none of them are coaches. I'm talking about 
social media, video department, graphic design, you just feel their presence more online. And that's what the world is right now with Corona, right? Like literally your visits are that way. So it's worthy, man. Um, it is, it is big time. And until they lose, that brand is not going to skip a beat, in my opinion, based on everything that we just discussed. I know Yogi with the Sun Devils because I graduated there. I followed the recruiting a little bit. They've been recruiting a lot more nationally. Have you find in general that the conference is able to recruit individual schools beyond their local area more? Yeah. You know, back in the day, the, the rule was, this is generally, this is definitely ours at SC and Coach Carroll was, own Southern California or own your footprint, right? And then only leave it to go get a first-round draft pick. Only leave the state to go get a first-round draft pick. So we would go get Dwayne Jarrett, Mike Williams, Patrick Turner. Um, you just kind of thinking of a couple guys, right? Brian Cushing, uh, names that people would recall, you know, in, in years past. And now that's not the case. And, you know, and I'm glad you asked that question because the West Coast gets, gets lit up signing day, the last few signing days, because of the players leaving the footprint, going to Alabama, going to Clemson, going to Oklahoma, all going to Texas, right? All fair points. Uh, but because of the internet, because how unique it is, and because of social media, uh, you can just look at college football and you can compare it to traveling. Right? More people are traveling pre-pandemic than ever in the history of this world because you can look and see what is... What Sebastian Spain look like on Instagram and become obsessed with it? You can look what Bali Indonesia is like and become obsessed with it. You do the same thing with Clemson football and see the slide and dabble screen. You didn't know about that other than what they told you on a, on a conference call 10 years ago. Now you're seeing it play out on Instagram and Snapchat in real time. So that, to me, has been a big part of it. And now West Coast teams are doing it, too. And Arizona State, um, man, you look at what they did last year. They went to Ohio, got one of the best running backs, I think, in the country. I think a guy who will play this season, if we haven't, an absolute stud. And they're doing it again. So uh, not surprised. And then you look at Herm, and I asked him this last year at Sign Day around so many of your former players that he coached in the league are now coaching high school football or their kids are playing. So he's got ties everywhere. That's why they go to Florida. They go to Ohio. They can go anywhere to get guys. And, and not surprised that they're doing that because recruiting about relationships. You lean into them, just like Utah did with Dennis Erickson. Do the same thing if you're Herm Edwards. So I've read uh, multiple takes on how well Herm is recruiting, but I've also read multiple takes on people who can't believe the Sun Devils still aren't recruiting their own backyard, which is really probably at least a 20-year-old story. So that means that multiple coaches have failed to recruit their own backyard right there in the state of Arizona. And we see Arizona kids going to Texas and California and well, I guess actually off to Ohio State and occasionally Alabama to play football. So they, they go all over the country is the point. PK's theory is that kids who grow up in 115-degree weather have had enough by the time they're 18, and they are ready to do anything else. And although they won't say it out loud, the ASU coaches largely realize that and don't spend a lot of time trying to convince kids. If they pick off the occasional kid who's willing to stay home, great. And I'm looking at the weather forecast for this week, and it's seven straight days over 112, a couple of them at 116. Are you buying that analysis of why ASU doesn't recruit their own backyard and with him recruiting nationally that it maybe isn't even necessary? No, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the weather thing. Um, I, I think there's way more things that, 
players think about when they're leaving. And I think a lot of guys that have left in the past, and I had to look at all the names, and some of the big ones come to mind, like Kyle Allen, right? He left the footprint, should have. Kind of Brewer. I'm talking about quarterbacks, right? Those are the ones that are top of mind. Well, Spencer Rather at Oklahoma. Yeah, shouldn't have. Spencer, I get it. You know, Jane Daniels is there. I'd go. You know, especially you look at that offense. And Spencer reminds me, I always comped him to um, Steph Curry for playing football. Right? He can deal. He's going to crush it for them this year. You know, if he stays on the right path, you know, off the field, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, but you look at a young man who went to Ohio State last year, um, blank on his name. It's going to be interesting just because they got C.J. Stroud, who I think is an absolute star um, and will play as early as, you know, when that position is available based on just Fields and his departure. So I, I think some of it is uh, guys saying, hey, I want to leave, and maybe, you know, they shouldn't. Um, I think some of it is, and I don't think it's a bad thing, is that people, and, and again, I go back to what I referenced earlier, you're exposed to more because of your mobile device. Like, guys want to leave home. Right, the days that uh, that existed when I played, or when you guys were younger, where hey, let's stay close to home so mom can see me play, it doesn't happen very often. Right? If you look at a recruiting class, I bet, like in terms of the national recruits, I bet ten percent of those guys go to the school because they're like, "Yep, I'm just staying home. I want mom and dad to see." Me. You know, now I think that's totally going to change because of the pandemic, because of. Uh, uh, name, image, and likeness. I, I think that's totally going to shift this thing. And, and guys are going to be staying in their footprint, especially major media markets like LA or Phoenix, um, just because they can build their, in air quotes, brand there that they already have through high school, et cetera. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's it's solely the weather. I think guys want to get other experiences in their life. And think about it now, when I'm around these kids in camps, it's no longer, hey, I heard about you. I'm going to take you down. It's Hey, bro. Hey, I've seen you at 10 camps already. What's happening? Oh, you're going to Ohio State from Seattle? Okay, yeah. Well, let me take a visit there, too. Like, they're, they're, there's so much more friendly competitiveness than there was 10, 15 years ago where you want to go take a guy down and represent your footprint. Like, that, that doesn't really exist anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but this is kind of what I've witnessed on the recruiting trail. With the situation with the no spring ball and who knows what's going to happen with training camps, I think we'll have some form of season. Let's just go on the assumption that we will, even if it's just a conference only. In this conference, how much of an advantage do you think the teams that have established quarterbacks have or a disadvantage for the teams that need some more time to determine who their quarterback will be? Massive. Massive. I, I, I'm massive to be honest with you. Um, I think the guys that have defensive, uh, whether it's coordinators and or systems or veteran players, uh, they have an advantage. But I'll say this. Every coach I've talked to and every team I've talked to over the course of this pandemic, specifically as of late, have talked about the focus of their players. They've never seen anything like it. I talked to a coach the other day in the Pac-12 North, and he's like, man, it is crazy see how dialed our guys in. You know, it used to be everybody really wasn't focused for an off-season workout. You know, maybe you get 80% of the guys, okay, here we go. Now, dudes are chomping at the bit to get behind the line. Not on the line, behind the line. <laughs> Excuse me, and do a sprint as, a, as like a simple example. <clears throat> so I, I just think that, um, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I don't think it's going to be as much because 
because now every team is experiencing what only I think really four teams had this year in Pac-12 football, which was five teams, you could argue, with Oregon State. A, a, a really impressive opener, right? So I'm talking about, obviously, Oregon State was playing Oklahoma State. Guys are going to be focused for that. UW and Michigan, SC, Bama. You get where I'm going. That was only conference games. There's no room for error, and everybody knows it. So I, I just think while it's still an advantage, I think it's going to be mitigated a little bit because of the focus and attention detail. Everybody knows that, yes, you might get 26 practices in camp, but six of them might also get wiped out if somebody gets sick or a position group gets corona. So I think people, from what I'm told, are taking advantage of every single rep and every moment they have with the coaches during you know, uh, now mandatory workouts. Yogi Roth joining us, Pac-12 Network analyst talking college football. Uh, we keep reading that Oregon is just loading up on four stars. I guess a couple of five stars maybe makes them there. Just loading up on these uh, prized recruits. Are they really pulling away from them? I mean, obviously they're defending champs. Are they pulling away from the league here, or is this too much recruiting hype because we got nothing else going on? Pulling away from the league I think would be a stretch, um, but they are they are the – poster child for the league. You know, and again, I go back to earlier, like, the longer we don't play, right, let's just say, like, we played week one and we were going to project, right? Let's just say SC loses to Bama and Oregon beats Ohio State. Now we're talking about pulling away. You know, I think, I think that stage, that moment, those opponents, that all of a sudden really changes the narrative in recruiting. Um, and I think you got to respect what Oregon's done on the field. I mean, they handle people. You know, you look at that Pac-12 title game, I don't think they're going to win that game. I mean, they dominated both lines of scrimmage. And when I was talking to people who, I didn't get a chance to go to spring practice. I think they got four of them in. And I was going to go about mid-spring. And they said, uh, the competition level at practice was unlike they'd ever seen anything. I'm talking about the Marcus here, Chip Kelly, and Kenyon Barner, all those, all the greats um, that, that we kind of grew up with over the last decade plus. They said they, they never practiced the way they had in four practice. And I believe that. I think Mario Cristobal has done a fabulous job of building a culture that is so hungry and relentless because that's him. That, yeah, they are the they're the bell cow of the conference. I don't think they're pulling away. I think that this conference is too much depth to kind of you know make it like it was you know Bama a couple of years ago in the SEC or SC was when I was there and we were just rolling through people. It won't be like that because you know, UW is quietly recruited, you could argue, the last three years, the best collective D-line group coming out of high school. Right? They beat SEC schools on a lot of defensive front players. USC, I think this year their defense uh, should be the, the best in the South. And you could argue the conference because the way it's built down the middle. It was very similar to Utah over the last couple of years. You know, they are the most veteran-laden defense in the conference from just your, your staff and productivity. So I, I think they're they're rolling and that brand is rolling, but I don't think it's uh, the boat race just yet. But look out, because I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. Do you have any insight, Yogi, as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback at Utah? I don't. You know, I read all the stuff you guys read, and um, I've talked to people, and you know, there's there's arguments both ways. I, I, you know, Cam Rising should obviously know the system better and should have great mastery around it. I'd imagine he'd take the first snap with the one. Um, but then you add in you know, kind of obviously the transfer was played a ton of football, like meaningful football. 
mean, when you watch him on tape, Jake Bentley is really impressive in that regard. Um, I talked to his teammates uh, at South Carolina, and they rave about him and all the natural qualities he had. This is a guy who left high school early, as I'm sure you guys are well documented, extremely mature, and hit adversity. And I think when you add those two things, then it's important. You know, I think one athlete can recognize that and force backs against the wall your last eligible year to play. Those play everything possible. So I, I'd be so curious what will come to life now. Um, I'm sure they're getting after it. In the state of Utah, I'm so curious about from you guys. Like what I see on social media, high school scrimmages, I'm like, what's happening? I wish that happened in Southern California. We're not even close to anything like that happening for months, right, in high school football leagues. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd be curious, and I can't wait to get there. And I'm so curious to see who they play first and to see which guy they trot out for the first snap of potential 2020 season. Well, Yogi, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and give us a little bit of football fix here in, uh, in late July. Hey, give me some football fix. So tell me about high school football. I saw the, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Kingsley. I, I saw uh, his scrimmage, and I was like, this is amazing. Is there things in Utah okay in terms of corona and people playing? Right now, that is the plan. And, you know, they're, the schools are going back. There's a couple districts. There's a there's a couple districts that are looking at delaying. I think the Salt Lake City School District is looking at delaying until after Labor Day, uh, when when they'll open the schools. Uh, but most are planning either uh, in person instruction or in person with an online element for kids who have health situations and the parents want to opt out. So right now, I I think sports is going to go, but you know, it's 2020. I don't write anything in stone. Yeah. All right. Well, keep me posted, folks, and stay safe. Okay. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's pointless to have a high school football season. Just award the 6A trophy to Corner Canyon again. (laughs) Thank you, PK. (laughs) Is Coach Kerr going to pay you some money for that? Oh, we ought to pay him, man. I'm not, That's a genius. I'm not, not sure he wants PK saying this. I don't know that he'll pay him. Some coaches <laughs> like to be a little under the radar, you know. Maybe just be one of the top two or three teams. The well, dude's not, an offensive genius, man. And you have a kid named Jackson Dart at quarterback. You're going to be playing well. He's there. awesome. 30, His I, mind I, is just incredible when it comes to football. I think they're 35-1, and one, maybe 36-1. and one. Right in there. Definitely the number is one over the last three years. They lost one playoff game, won two state titles, three undefeated regular seasons. I don't go back very long here in this state, but that dude has got to be right there with any coach we've ever had. Uh, when I got here, Roger Dupay had it going at Skyline. I was going to say Dupay's probably that was up there. That was an awesome run, and Skyline just rolled. Dave Peck at Dave Bingham. Peck had a really good run at Bingham, and he's back. back. He's back for another go-round now. Oh, so. bring him on. Uh, actually, I think they play, don't they? they do bring play. him on. Yeah, yeah Quarantine yeah. and Bingham are going to play. Bring him the freak and on. We better, put, we better put Brandon Maddich up there else he'll get angry at I us. Hope, bring on, bring on <laughs> B-Matt. I hope I hope the cheerleaders paint a sign at Corner Canyon that says bring him the freak on. <laughs> I know I know there'll be some administrators over there pulling it down and there'll be one teacher. I know how that happened. <laughs> tell you about Dave Dave Peck's back at Bingham you're saying he retired yeah. and he came back. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I spent an opportunity I spent a, an afternoon with him watching a high school playoff baseball game 
down the left field line just talking to him. He's a great man. Yep. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What is Ash Wednesday? You're supposed to give up something as a sign of penitence for the next six weeks. If you were to give something up, what would you be willing to give up? Would you park where you're supposed to? Take up one stall only. You know, I didn't do a very good job of parking. I will say that. I Did you on... cross four stalls again? No, but I was on the line. So you're taking up two instead of four, but, but you still... No, no, I was taking up one, but I was in a hurry. You did that on purpose. What, you're taking up two spots. No, on yes, no, I wasn't. You did no, that on there was... Not like the lines are bright yellow. They're hard to see. <laughs> Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for the feedback of the day. What are you thinking about today's show? It's all brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at $9.99. South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. 46 people have liked the tweet. Donovan Mitchell had four assists on Rudy Gobert buckets against the Nets. So much for unsalvageable. The marriage looking like basketball till they part. Agree? And 46 of you like it. So I'm going to take that as they're agreeing, PK. Most people watched that and thought, Mitchell's fine on Gobert. Gobert's getting dunks. All is right with the world. Well, as we sit here today, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, we still got a long way to go before contracts are signed down the road. But... What it looks like right now, yes, and that's why I'm very eager to see them play in games that count and postseason that counts, and I know it's a funky season, but so what? It's it's real. That's the great thing about today. I looked up, man, and we were done with Yogi, or we're getting ready for Yogi, and it was already 9.30, and I think a large portion of my excitement is today. We talked about sports. We didn't talk about viruses, and I understand you have to do that, but I still would rather talk about sports rather than, oh, is this game going to be played? Is... Then and start preaching to people and calling them idiots and whatnot. That's just not my thing. I want to talk sports. And we it have really, today. it really changed Thursday because Major League Baseball started Thursday. The Jazz had their first scrimmage Thursday. So as of last Thursday, we're we're getting games. You know, there's games to talk about now. Over here, I get it. You know, the Marlins you can't play a couple days in a row, and we'll see if they get back to it and play doubleheaders and make up and. You know, is this a is this a one off with Miami or is this something that's gonna crop up in baseball, you know, once a week or once every other week or you know, how often? I, I don't have any idea. I'm just throwing stuff out there. So that's still out there. And certainly we're still waiting to see what happens with college football. The ACC is supposed to have a meeting today. So maybe we'll hear scheduling stuff about them later today or tomorrow, and that'll impact BYU. Uh, it, it will, but uh, I think the Cougars are going to well they're they're scheduled to play Alabama. So, and they'll, they'll start their practicing, and I don't know if it'll happen, but I just love talking sports, man. That's why I got in the job, why I got in the business. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of tweets at us about the whole Mitchell-Donovan uh, thing and all the assists and all that, and uh, along the lines of this, which Gecko uh, put out there, the jury is still out, but I'm hopeful, ever hopeful. Comes down to winning playoff series, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the jury's always out to an extent. You know, there's very few times it's a slam dunk, but yeah, it does. I agree with you. All right, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We will see you tomorrow morning from 6 to 10 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.